Wednesday, June 26th, 2013, episode number 52 of the Football Nation Today podcast with Alex Reamer on footballnation.com. Welcome inside episode number 52 of the Football Nation Today podcast hosted by yours truly Alex Reamer here on this Wednesday, June the 26th of 2013. Don't look now football fans, but the start of NFL training camp just a mere one month away. That's right, in just one month the NFL offseason will be over and we'll go back to our weekly schedule here on the show. Of course, throughout the NFL offseason, Football Nation Today is published every other Wednesday right here on footballnation.com and for your downloading convenience in the iTunes store. This week on the show, just a month out from training camp, we have a lot to discuss, starting off in the first down segment, where we will spend the bulk of our time talking about the latest news and developments in the Aaron Hernandez saga, and we'll also spend a lot of our time looking at it from an on-field football perspective and talking about how Hernandez's potential absence leaves another question mark for this Patriot offense and puts more pressure on this Patriot defense. With Hernandez's status in question, Rob Gronkowski on the PUP list for the first six weeks of this season, Wes Welker gone, Brandon Lloyd gone, a lot of new faces on this Patriot offense could be a transitional time for this offense, at least to begin the regular season. That means more pressure put on this Patriot defense, more pressure than uh, they faced in quite a long time. So we'll talk about that in the first down segment. It may feel a little shallow to look at the Hernandez story more from a football angle, but this is a football podcast. That's what we do. I don't want to spend a lot of time speculating about an ongoing criminal investigation. Also, though, in regards to Hernandez, we'll talk about, I think, one of the central questions to the case, and that, of course, is... Uh, some of his associations off the field, his checkered past, troubled childhood, and uh, looking at just how difficult it is to for guys like Hernandez to rid themselves of their childhood friends. A lot of people criticize Hernandez, saying, what's wrong with him? Why doesn't he get rid of these guys? Well, I'm not sure if it's that easy, so we'll talk a little bit about that, too. Then the second down segment, of course, we look at the biggest off-field NFL stories of the past week, and this week I want to look at the controversy in Washington with the Redskins' name, uh, a new chapter added to that tale uh, over the past couple weeks as a bipartisan group of uh, 10 members of Congress uh, sent a letter to the Redskins uh, saying that the team should change its name. Of course, owner Dan Snyder, Commissioner Roger Goodell, uh, continue to say the Redskins will never change their name, but I say it would be in the best interest of the league if the Redskins succumb to some of the outside pressure. We'll explain Third down segment, it's the Big Upper Slowdown segment talking about stories such as Titans receiver Nate Washington's claims that Jake Locker reminds him of a young Ben Roethlisberger, whether Adam Pacman Jones is the right guy to be speaking at a rookie symposium, and Vladimir Putin stole Robert Kraft's 2005 Super Bowl ring, which begs the question, if you had a Super Bowl ring, would you wear it out? I say no. What do you say? Then the fourth down segment, it's a Reamer rant, going back to the Hernandez story and talking about my love-hate relationship with Twitter when it comes to following a story like this one. 
It's Football Nation Today, episode number 52. My name is Alex Reamer. We'll be right back. So welcome back, Football Nation Today, episode number 52, starting off here in the first down segment with a look at the ongoing Aaron Hernandez story. Now Hernandez, as we know, is wanted as a suspect in a homicide. 26-year-old Odin Lloyd's body was found at an industrial park roughly one mile from Hernandez's home in North Attleboro early last week. It is believed Hernandez was with Lloyd the night he was killed. Four people left in Hernandez's rental car two Sunday evenings ago to go out to a bar, and only three people reportedly returned in Hernandez's rental car. Now, there are other details that have come out about this case over the past couple of days, such as the anecdote that neighbors heard gunshots between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. Monday morning when Lloyd was believed to have been killed. Uh, Lloyd is Hernandez's girlfriend's brother, so obviously there's an affiliation there. And Hernandez, late last week, destroyed his home security system and smashed his cell phone before handing it to law enforcement officials. Uh, <laughs> kind of suspicious, right? Uh, why would you smash up your cell phone and destroy your home security system if you had nothing to hide? And, you know, the, 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 the bit about smashing the cell phone, it leads me with the question with, uh, did the lawyer hand over that cell phone with a straight face? I mean, like, how does that work? You hand over law enforcement officials a smashed up cell phone in a million pieces and, what, do, do you do it with a straight face like you're serious? It just, <laughs> that, that's something I want to know. And I also want to know why Hernandez just, just didn't chuck the cell phone into a nearby river. Or why didn't he drive to the Cape and chuck it into the Atlantic Ocean and say to police officers, oh, well, lost my cell phone, sorry, don't have it. I mean, no one would be able to trace it down. I mean, you smash it, really? I don't know, there seem to be better ways to get rid of a cell phone rather than smashing it and, certain, and raising uh, the eyes of suspicion. Now, a warrant is not out for Hernandez's arrest yet in uh, in. in uh, in regards to this case, but a warrant is expected to be processed soon, though we have heard that since late last week, and as of this recording, Hernandez is still a free man. Uh, now, we all know that Hernandez dropped to the fourth round in 2010 because of a positive drug test and also because of character concerns. Now, many football writers, and the Patriots media in particular, have come out with these reports over the past week as if it was common knowledge that Hernandez dropped in the, to the fourth round in 2010, really because of the character concerns, not so much about the positive drug tests in college. Uh, this was not common knowledge to me. You heard rumblings about Hernandez hanging around with the wrong crowd, but I didn't know this kind of talk about Hernandez was as widespread across the league as many Patriots writers and football media types are making it out to be now that all of this has occurred. Uh, Hernandez grew up in Bristol, Connecticut, has had trouble breaking away from his group of friends uh, from his childhood. And, you know, a lot of people say, what's wrong with a guy like Hernandez? Signs a massive multi-million dollar extension with the Patriots recently. Has everything you would want in life. Why is he doing this to himself? Why is he involving himself with criminals? Why is he involving himself with sketchy characters? Why doesn't he just break free from these childhood friends? Well, you know... It's easier said than done. It's tough to break away from people who have been with you throughout your entire life. 
It's tough to break away from a group of friends who have been with you your entire life. It's tough to abandon them, especially when they've had your back in the past. If we're to believe that Hernandez had a checkered childhood, if we're to believe that Hernandez has lived a checkered lifestyle up to this point, who's to say that a lot of his childhood friends haven't had his back in multiple instances? You know what I mean? We don't know the history there. So it, it's easier said than done, unfortunately, in a lot of cases when we talk about guys like Hernandez leaving their past behind, leaving some of their past affiliations behind. And, you know, you look at Hernandez, he's a guy who obviously likes to go out a lot, as pretty much any 23, 24-year-old would, who has the kind of money he has. And I also hear some people talk about this. Well, I mean, Hernandez going out to nightclubs and bars, 1.30, 2.30 in the morning, asking for trouble. Of course, this comes from the report in Miami that he shot a guy in the face uh, this winter, and it was processed, and, it, and the guy only sued Hernandez for $100,000 for being shot in the face and supposedly losing an eye, uh, to me, that's a little low, right? I mean, if I got shot in the face and lost an eye, I'd aim just a little bit higher than a hundred grand. But you have that story, then another story that Hernandez was involved in a nightclub disturbance in Providence not too long ago. And a lot of people say, oh, well, why is Hernandez going out? He should be more responsible than that. And I say it's not about going out necessarily because a lot of guys, a lot of people go out and close down bars, close down nightclubs, 2, 2.30 in the morning, but not a lot of people get involved in shootouts. Not a lot of people get involved in disturbances like Hernandez. It's not because Hernandez goes out, it's because of the people he goes out with. Uh, but again, as I said, I think it's difficult for guys like Hernandez to rid themselves of their childhood friends, unfortunately. Um, so, to look at it more from an on-field perspective, and as I said in the opening, I know this might seem a little shallow, there's a homicide investigation here, trying to talk about on-field football stuff, but I don't want to talk about an ongoing legal investigation, I don't want to spend a lot of time speculating about that, I'd rather speculate about football, because, well, it isn't as important, and if I'm wrong in my speculation, meh, who cares, it's just sports. No, I'm kidding, but really, this is a football podcast. So this is what we do. We look at things from a football lens first. and Through a football lens first, excuse me. And if you look at Hernandez, he dropped to the fourth round in 2010. Now, even if Hernandez does not play another down for the Patriots, and at this point you have to assume that's a distinct possibility, I still say it's a good pick because the Patriots got three Really good years from this guy. So I still say, even if Aaron Hernandez doesn't play another down for the New England Patriots, it's a pretty good value pick selecting him in the fourth round in 2010. And make no mistake about it, if Hernandez does not play again with the Patriots, if he is disciplined by the league, and I think it's a when, not if at this point, knowing what we know about the case... The Patriots will find a way to get their money back. They're not going to pay Hernandez to sit on the sidelines or, God forbid, sit in prison. It's, the Patriots will get out of this deal if it has to come to that. Trust me. Um, but back to Hernandez dropping to the fourth round in 2010, it's another reminder that guys drop in the draft for a reason. 
We talked about this a couple weeks ago with Rob Gronkowski, who dropped to the second round in 2010 because of his back problems. And now, would you know, he had back surgery recently on top of numerous forearm surgeries this offseason. Gronkowski dropped in the draft because he was injury-riddled throughout college. He dropped for a reason. Hernandez dropped in the draft to the fourth round, even though he had first or second round talent, for a reason. You know the saying, there's no such thing as a free lunch? Well, if it's too good to be true, it often is too good to be true. Guys drop in the draft for a reason. And this is why Hernandez dropped. As far as the Patriots offense this season, already undergone a lot of changes. Gronkowski will be on the PUP list until week six. Hernandez, Gronkowski, Welker, and Lloyd have all moved on this offseason. It's something like 80 or 85% of those uh, who are responsible for the, all the, for the Patriots' receptions last season have moved on. So Tom Brady has a lot of new faces to work with at the starting training camp in about a month. So early on in the season, this Patriots defense is going to have to step up and win them some games. The Patriots in a weak AFC East and a weak AFC as a whole will make the playoffs regardless. But this defense will have to step up, especially early on, if they want that first round by, which I think is imperative if you're making a championship drive. You can do it without the first round by, but obviously the by makes it a whole lot easier. And with Brady's championship window closing, this team cannot afford a transitional year. I keep going back to this. Time is running out to capture that fourth Super Bowl with Tom Brady. And because this offense has a lot of new faces, because a lot of Brady's weapons, in fact, all of his favorite weapons over the past handful of years have moved on, or in, Gronkowski case, or, in Gronkowski, or in Gronkowski's case, excuse me, won't be able to start the season. The defense is going to have to pick up a lot of the slack. And this defense, this young defense, is now in its fourth year together. Fifth year together in some instances. These guys need to step it up. There's a lot of talent on that defense, if you look at it from an on-paper perspective. There are a lot of first-round picks on that defense, a lot of second-round picks on that defense. Go on down the list. Vince Wolfwork, first-round pick. Obviously, Wolfwork's in his 30s. When I'm talking about the young defense, I'm not talking about him. But nonetheless, Wolfwork, first-round pick. Gerard Mayo, first-round pick. Brandon Spikes, second-round pick. Devin McCourty, first-round pick. Razai Dowling, second-round pick. Even Aqib Tlaib, first-round pick. The Buccaneers drafted him, not the Patriots, but still the point remains. All throughout this Patriots defense, which has been, on the whole, wretched the past two to three seasons, there's a lot of talent, a lot of top draft picks. These guys, as I said, now in their fourth year together in a lot of instances. A guy like Mayo has been here for longer, since 2008. It's time for this Patriot defense to improve. It's time for this Patriot defense to live up to the potential, live up to the talent, because I think there are a lot of talented players on that defense, and play like a top 10 unit. And frankly, they might have to do that. It might be the Patriots' only hope if they're to start the season on a hot note and be on a pace to get that coveted first round bye.
The offense can afford to regress a little bit. Absolutely. But it's going to be up to the defense to pick up some of the slack. Something they've been incapable of doing recently. But we'll have to do this year. Moving on to our second down segment. Looking at the biggest off-field NFL story of the past week. We include the Hernandez story in the first down segment because, again, we spent a lot of our time talking about it from an on-field perspective. But in the second down segment, looking at an off-field NFL story, this is something that continues to prop up. And surprisingly, we haven't talked a lot about it on the show. So let's talk about it now. Redskins owner Daniel Snyder said recently, the Redskins will never change their name. Snyder said in the letter to the press, it's that simple. Never. You can use the caps. <laughs> so Snyder, very adamant that his team, the Washington Redskins, will not change their name. Now, why is this coming up again? Well, that's because 10 members of Congress this month, including Oklahoma Republican Tom Cole, said the team name, Washington Redskins, is similar to having a team titled the Washington N-Words. It is that offensive a title to Native Americans. Now, Roger Goodell, two weeks ago, wrote back to Congress defending the name, siding with Snyder, and saying, we don't care if you don't like it. We don't care if Native Americans find it offensive. We are not changing the Washington Redskins' name. Now, the Washington Post published a survey this week, which says, even though most fans find the name Redskins to be inappropriate, they don't think the Redskins should change their name. In fact, 8 in 10 who were polled say the Redskins should keep the name. Now, those findings were very fascinating to me because even though most fans say the name Redskin is inappropriate, an inappropriate word to use in reference to Native Americans, they said the Redskins should keep the name anyway. So, to hell with offending anybody. We don't care. We want the name to stay. Now, there's an increased sensitivity about everything in this country, and I don't think that's always a good thing. Me, personally, it takes a lot to offend me. But one of my cardinal rules in life is you can't tell people what they should and shouldn't be offended by. Everybody is different. Which is why, if the Redskins do make it far in the postseason and go on an extended playoff run this season or the next season or the season after that, with which, with Robert Griffin III as quarterback, is certainly possible. This could be a black eye on the sport that could easily be avoided. Just change the name already and be done with it. There's mounting political pressure from both sides of the aisle. It's not just the Democrats. It's Republican Tom Cole of Oklahoma. Not exactly a liberal beacon. I mean, come on. It's uh, Native American groups pressuring the NFL and Redskins, as they have for decades, to change this name. If the Redskins' name is changed, nobody will stop watching. Who will stop watching the NFL? Who will stop watching Redskins football if they change the team name? Who? Nobody. Some people might bitch. Some people might call into local talk radio in D.C. and complain about it for a few days. But then they'd get over it. They'd get over it. They, they'd keep watching. The NFL wouldn't lose a single fan. 
if they changed the Redskins' name. Come on. So keeping the name, as far as I'm concerned, is a no-win. Because there's nothing to be gained by it. Change the name. Nobody will stop watching. Give in to the pressure. It's okay to sometimes admit de defeat. And oh, George Preston Marshall, the original owner of the Redskins, was once described as the NFL's leading bigot. The name Washington Redskins was meant to be offensive. It was not meant as, you know, a tribute to Native Americans and their fighting spirit. Please, cut the BS. The NFL's leading bigot named his team the Washington Redskins because he was the NFL's leading bigot. He didn't do it to pay homage to Native Americans in their past. Please, enough with that. Change the name. Give in to the pressure. It's okay. Keeping the name is a no-win situation. Third down segment, of course, is the big upper slowdown segment. I say a statement and then express my agreement or disagreement with that statement by saying big upper slowdown. Topic number one today. Titans wide receiver Nate Washington said this week, the young quarterback Jake Walker reminds him of a young Ben Roethlisberger. Now, Washington is able to speak on this subject because he played with Roethlisberger when he was a Pittsburgh Steeler. So, big up or slow down. Does Locker remind us of a young Roethlisberger? I say slow down here. No. From my vantage point, Locker does not remind me of a young Roethlisberger. I looked at Roethlisberger's rookie season, 2005, the Super Bowl year. Now, Roethlisberger did not play well at all in that Super Bowl, but he actually played pretty well in the regular season. He went 9-3 as a starter, excellent winning percentage, a 17-9 touchdown-to-interception ratio, and a 62.7 completion percentage. That's pretty damn good. Now, Roethlisberger took a significant step back in his sophomore season, 2006. In 2006, the Steelers struggled, and Roethlisberger struggled as well. He had an 18-23 touchdown-to-interception ratio and a 59.7 completion percentage. Now, the following year, in 2007, Roethlisberger picked it back up again, won the Super Bowl shortly thereafter. Uh, you know, we know the story. Now, Walker last year had a 10-11 touchdown-to-interception ratio, and a putrid 56.4 completion percentage. In today's NFL, I mean, the NFL of today and the NFL of 2005-2006 is a lot different. I mean, it's only six, seven years ago, but it still is a lot different. I mean, today, if you don't throw, if you don't complete more than 60% of your passes, you really suck. I mean, you really do. Uh, everybody completes 60-plus percent of their passes, but not Locker. He's at 56.4, not even that close. Now, Locker also only had 314 passing attempts last season. So if he's to show signs of developing into even a poor man's Ben Roethlisberger, he needs to throw more, a lot more. So though there are some slight comparisons at this stage, I say no, slow down. Jake Locker is not a young Ben Roethlisberger because at this stage in his young career, he has not accomplished what Roethlisberger has. Let's not forget, Roethlisberger went 9-3 his first year as a starter. Impressive statistics for a rookie. Went the duration of a playoff run and also eventually was part of a Super Bowl winner. 
Now, the second topic here is about the NFL Rookie Symposium. NFL rookies are currently undergoing uh, this rookie symposium. Some of the big speakers on Monday were Adam Pacman Jones and Maurice Corrette for a seminar titled, Are You Bigger Than the Game? Pick up or slow down, Corrette, Adam Jones. Are these guys good choices as speakers? I say yes, big up. Adam Jones, Maurice Corrette, these guys are great choices as speakers for a rookie symposium. Yes, they are. Now, Jones was arrested earlier this month for assault. So, <laughs> are you bigger than the game? He's still trying to figure that out, apparently. But he's a good choice to speak to these rookies because he's a guy whose career in life has been ruined by bad decisions. Yes, he's still under contract with the Cincinnati Bengals, but Adam Pacman Jones coming in was a can't-miss talent, and now he's hanging on by a thread in the NFL. And Maurice Corrette, oh my goodness, remember this guy, the star running back at Ohio State, uh, so widely heralded coming out of college, but drops. Drops to what, the third down right in the draft, and drafted by the Broncos, but never really made it in the NFL. Off-field problems totally, totally destroyed Corrette's career. So, yeah, I think it is useful for these rookies to have real-life guys in front of them whose careers have been ruined by the bad decisions they've made. And to go back to our Hernandez conversation earlier in the show, it's just another example. It's really hard, unfortunately, for a lot of these guys to break old habits. It's hard for a lot of these guys to break away from childhood friends. Some have done it, so it's possible, and I'm not saying guys like Hernandez or Adam Pacman Jones or Maurice Corrette, I'm not saying these guys should get a pass. They are to blame, they are adults, they are responsible for their actions and who they associate themselves with, but it's hard. It's hard to turn your back on your childhood friends. It's hard to turn your back on your family. It's hard, and that's how it would be perceived. If a guy like Hernandez or Adam Pacman Jones turn their backs on their long on their longtime friends, family members, it would be perceived as them turning their backs on the community, and nobody at his core wants to turn his back on his community. So it's tough. And NFL rookies really have to balance the old part of their lives and the new part of their lives. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't envy any of those guys, at least in terms of that, because uh, it's a lot to come to grips with. But yeah, big up. Guys who have faced those decisions and continue to face those decisions today and struggle with those decisions, they're good choices to have speak at these seminars because they can be honest and upfront with the rookies, and the rookies need to hear messages like that. Now, the last topic is on a far less serious note here. You've heard the story by now. Russian, not the president anymore. That's Dmitry Medvedev, right? Uh, he's, is he the prime minister? I'll call him czar. Russian czar Vladimir Putin, we know by now, stole Robert Kraft's championship ring in a 2005 meeting between the two men. Now, Kraft didn't come out until now about this because then-President Bush advised Kraft not to come out and say that Putin stole his ring. Bush uh, advised Kraft, or really more told Kraft, hey, by the way, if anyone asks about this championship ring, it was a gift. He didn't steal it. Please, say it was a gift because it would be best for our relations with Russia. <laughs> now the Russians want to take the NSA leaker, uh, the guy who leaked the NSA documents, uh, at, you know, into their country as uh, you know for asylum. So, you know, those Russian relations have really gone well. Um, but 
You know, the hilarious thing about this story is, when finding out about it, and all the controversy it's caused, and discussion it's caused, Putin said over the weekend, oh, this championship ring, it's such a big deal, I'll make another one, you know, dissolve, I'll make another one, you want another championship ring, fine, I'll make another one and mail it to you, not a big deal. Uh, so big up or slow down, the question I have for you fine folks out there is if you were like Robert Kraft and had multiple championship and Super Bowl rings, would you ever wear them out or would you keep them locked away in a safe? Big up or slow down, would you wear your Super Bowl ring out? Uh, I say slow down. No, I would not wear my championship championship ring out. Keep it in the safe. These are mementos that you should have and remember for the rest of your life. If you wear it out, you are taking that chance that something will happen to it. It might get cracked. It might get stolen. The crazy Russian czar Vladimir Putin might take it from you, put it in his pocket right in front of your face, and then to help relations between Russia and America, you can't even tell the truth about it. That all happened because Robert Kraft took his championship ring out. Don't take the ring out of the safe. Don't do it. Nothing good can come from it. And by the way, it's big. These championship rings are big. I mean, what's a guy like Robert Kraft need all that bling for? So no, wear it around your house if you like, but don't let it leave the property. If I had a Super Bowl ring, I would guard it with my life. If I had a Super Bowl ring, I would keep it in the safe. No need to wear that out as far as I'm concerned. But hey, that's just me. I'm not flashy. Fourth down segment, it's the Reamer rant. Talking about something that's annoyed me over the past week. And when following the Aaron Hernandez story, I am incredibly thankful for Twitter in a lot of respects. Because the up-to-minute updates, the anecdotes, you can't beat it. But in stories like these, I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter and other social media sites. But really Twitter, because let's be honest, the only people who post their thoughts about current events on Facebook are uh, pretty much everybody and anybody who you don't want to hear from. <laughs> it's true. It's amazing. Uh, everybody who posts on my Facebook feed uh, is everybody who I don't want to hear from. It's unbelievable how that happens. Uh, but nonetheless... I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter when it comes to these things because I love the news. Up-to-the-minute updates can't beat it, but I could do without the commentary. The commentary last week was around the car chase with Hernandez, leaves his house in North Attleboro in his white Audi SUV, gets gas, and goes to his lawyer's office in downtown Boston. And news cameras are following him around. The media is chasing him, trying to interview him while he's pumping gas into his car. And people are saying, oh, this is why I hate journalism. This is why journalism is dead. This is why I hate the media, blah, blah, blah. But yet, you're so annoyed by it, but yet you're watching it. You're gripped to it. If you hate it so much, here's an idea. Don't watch the news. You have hundreds of channels at your disposal in today's day and age. You don't have to watch something you don't want to. This goes back to our ESPN conversation two weeks ago, last time we spoke. Don't watch what you don't want to watch. It's as simple as that. And I'm sorry, folks. I thought this Aaron Hernandez car chase last week was riveting. It was gripping television. It was entertaining as hell. You wanted to see what would happen next. Your eyes were glued to it. It's a major news story. A Pro Bowl caliber Patriots tight end is linked to a homicide. He smashed his cell phone. He broke his home surveillance camera. It's sketchy, man. It's sketchy. 
This is a real, serious story. It's a major story. Of course, reporters are going to cover it. Save your media commentary uh, for the privacy of your own home. Really, talk about a Super Bowl rings. Shouldn't leave the home. Well, your commentary, your media commentary on stories like this shouldn't leave the home either. I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter because you can't beat it with the news. The up-to-date up, up information, best thing going. But the commentary, the uninformed commentary in most cases, and the holier-than-thou commentary in every case, please, I could live without it. Enough. Keep the commentary to yourself. So thank you as always for listening to episode number 52 of the Football Nation Today podcast hosted by yours truly, Alex Reamer. As always, feel free to send me an email, areamer at bu.edu is my email address, and also feel free to drop me a line on Twitter as many of you do, at AlexRemer1 is my Twitter handle. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next in two weeks, two Wednesdays from now. As I said, NFL training camp just a mere one month away. Unbelievable, huh? The NFL is that much closer to 12-month sporting calendar domination. The draft now is in the middle of April. It feels like the offseason has just begun. Why? Because it really has just begun. So thank you for listening. Again, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll be back to talk to you two Wednesdays from now. So long. Talk then.